thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. is heavy yeah everybody is there something wrong with the earth's gravitational pull in 1985 (laughs) (laughs) welcome 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 to another week of the brew and view podcast you must be mr brad i am you're andrew i am and uh we are the podcast that critics are saying uh is taking it back to the future i got nothing that's all right that's all right ah but let's not let that stop us no uh so hey before we get anywhere did you yeah i I have other than i know like oprah's gonna be the next president Mm. other than that i haven't heard anything about the gold globes what happened uh well actually kanye west is gonna be the next president uh oh is he he announced that years ago uh, Kanye 2020 by years. I think it was like, well, according ago. to Mavs, it's going to be president on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Mars president 2020. Um, no, I don't know. I, I didn't pay, uh, much mind to that. Um, I think three billboards did well, right? Yeah. I forget what day was it is the other Sunday. Thing. Yeah. So Sunday I was driving home from Florida and, uh, watching the saints 
trying their best to lose and uh, uh then no way man they did i like that call <laughs> that's a good call i so, had some balls no i know i i think um what they should have the going for it uh they should have just called it right away because they they know carolina is going to do everything they can to not jump off sides so if you just snap that ball right away and you know what do, what do I know? There's a reason that I don't have any affiliation with the NFL. Um, yeah. But not so much that. I mean, uh, Sean Payton's made a habit of going for it on fourth and short. Yeah. Um, but it just – it. Uh, I was uh, listening to the game, and it was uh, all Saints. And then uh, when I got to the bar to start watching it, it uh, started to uh, that was the turn bar around to a little watch bit. It. Uh, it was good. I so I actually go to this bar um, because it's not too. It's just one TV. The beers are good, um, good food, and uh, people are there to just watch the game and kind of mostly keep to themselves. So, yeah. Um, which right up your right up your uh, yeah. Alley. I was gonna say which sounds kind of lame, but for me, like I I don't know you know, much, I don't know much about football and, uh, I'm not really, especially having not played fantasy football this year. I'm not really, um, interested in what's happening around the league, um, with the same level of interest I've had in the past. So I just kind of like, and I'm not going to fake it. So I would rather just sit and watch and drink my beer and be happy. Hmm. And that's what happened. I, I can't imagine you being the kind of guy, like, if you did know a lot, you'd be standing up and saying, come on, you should be running the Y2 zipper screen. It's going to be a screen. Just watch. Hmm. No, I know. But there's those people that are that are just like, man, just, just the Jaguars are firing on all cylinders. I'm like, Yeah, I know. They made the playoffs. <laughs> uh, yeah. They don't listen to those people because if they watch the, the first playoff game they had, <laughs> They are not firing on all cylinders. <laughs> You're saying they're they're jagging off? Yes. They are a bunch of jag-offs. So, anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we, that, you were talking about a bar, so mm-hmm. why don't we uh, slide right into um, um, or the beers we're drinking. Yes. Which my, my beer is actually talking to me, or it actually has a message for me. Oh. Right at the top. I don't know if you can see this. Probably not. Uh, I can. Damn. Right, right at the opening of the damn thing, harsh says, words to say to yeah, a podcaster. Says, Stop talking and start drinking. So Son I shall. Son of a bitch. Nice. All right. So I'm having a. Um, it's called uh, a libation. Mm-hmm. It's a double IPA from Saint Boniface craft brewery um it's 8.5 ab abv and 83 uh or ibu and um this thing is super malty um i wouldn't even really cons- i mean i guess like technically it's an ipa but it has no role i, I don't know i get like the malts are really heavy in it and it, it it gives you a weird aftertaste. It's it's it tastes good. Um, it's I gave it a three point seven five. It tastes good. Um, 
but the aftertaste you have is like if you don't if you don't keep drinking it like keep sipping and keep sipping you're sitting there with that kind of um do you know uh when i say like heavy malt it's like a i don't even know how to explain what a like a malt heavy malt would be it's like uh having uh uh oh there's a there's a certain thing but i i can't explain it anyways um it's good it's not great um but it's 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 a local beer um and we got a shout out from saint boniface as soon as i logged it in so hell yeah on them gotta um, like that it's um from your ifreda if efforta sorry uh which is close it's close to uh i think your buddy matt nice um he would he would probably recognize this beer. Um, like I said, it's 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 well crafted. It's just there's a little aftertaste that you gotta deal with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, that happens. Libation. Libation. Yeah, I could drink another one. Maybe I will. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Nice. In in ancient times, libations drank drink offerings poured out to deities. This double IPA combines a variety of hop flavors balanced by malty sweetness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we offer you a libation, a drink truly fit for the gods. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like the, uh, what is it, the, dis, the dis, dyslexic atheist. He doesn't believe in dog. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. No, fair. I, <laughs> fairly, uh, Fairly easy mistake to make for the dyslexics. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have? Um, I actually am going to rewind it back to uh, this past weekend. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm a bit under the weather. Um, but I am going to be checking in a beer that I had. Uh, I've had it stored for uh, on my, my shelf here, um, and I was visiting... Uh, my friend Brennan, who is uh, heading to Germany. Yeah, he's going to have some uh, check-ins from Germany here. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'm excited. And uh, so I figured, uh, you know, he, he enjoys beer as well as, uh, as well as myself. So I brought down a bottle of the uh, 2015 Bourbon County brand stout from Goose Island, um, which is... Uh, Listed at 14.3 ABV and 60 IBUs. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think it gets a little higher once it's in the bottle for a little bit. But uh, it's an American Imperial Double. And uh, it pours out like syrup. It's a bit uh, sweet, kind of like like figs, kind of. Like it has that fruitiness that... Um, I don't know. There's something English about figs to me, but maybe maybe Orange Peel can shed the light on that. I don't know. <laughs> Do they eat figs? I I don't I, know. Um, but yeah, it's like it's dark. Oh, fig figgy pudding. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, something perfect. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a really good beer. Um, this weekend I also had a 2017, so that was a lot of fun. Um. And uh, I gave it a five. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. So I love this beer. 
Um, and I was explaining to me, it's one of those that'll, it'll always be a five because it's, it's an event beer. Like it's something that, you know, uh, we, um, we get around and, uh, it's, uh, it's a good time. You don't share it with just anybody. You don't bring it out just whenever it's, it's for special occasions. And it's, um, one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, you just want to share it with, with people that are, uh, of consequence in your life, I guess for me. Cool. Um, cause it is, it's hard to come by and you know, maybe it's, um, just my, my Homer bias well, as no, well, but that, yeah. And it, it's kind of like the, um, it's like the poor man saving the, the good, like you, you were saying that you're, pulled it out for special occasions it's right. like like somebody pulling out like a, a, a really expensive bottle of wine or something right. like that you know what i mean yeah so that's kind of it's neat that's neat for that because i just i don't have the patience to save beer mm-hmm. can't do it <laughs> can't do it uh well yeah i need to keep other stuff in stock at all times so that i don't get uh get tempted there so yes um one one quick note on well uh, this is a cool little um uh i don't know what do you uh, uh, a little uh add on to untapped which we are on and which we are logging all our beers on yeah. is that you can see what your friends if they've drank a beer you can see what they rated it and just so happens that you can – I tapped on uh, the libation, double IPA, mm-hmm. and your buddy Matt has drank it way back in February of 2014. Nice. It says, nothing better than a growler of this after digging out. And he, he rated it a 4.5. So that's kind of cool. Hey, there you go. Kind of neat little – Yeah. Building I was going to say uh, widget. A web of influence. Yeah, a sphere of influence, I guess, rather is appropriate. So, uh, uh, well, speaking of Untapped, uh, come and follow us. Uh, Mr. Orange Peel had a blood orange wheat beer mm. from Marks and Spencer. Uh, very descriptive beer, uh, 3.75. Uh, Matt, or Jason K had a uh, long root peanut butter porter, 4.25. So he must have liked that a lot. Um, and uh, Tyler, way up in Wisconsin, thanks again. Please reach out and talk to us. Uh, I had a, uh, a barrel-aged shipwreck porter. She gave a 4.25, which looks yummy, real yummy. Um, so, yeah, if you uh, want to jump on the uh, – oh, New Orange Pearl had a big wave gold nail from Kona Brewing Company. That's way – that's like – whole way across the world whoa yeah um i feel like i've had kona beers before nice yeah i've had yeah nice a few nice so uh yeah if you want to jump on and 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 have some fun and you know as you're out the bar like it's 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 kind of a thing you know Mm -hmm. you 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 find a new beer you log it in yeah, that's what you do. and you take a picture of it, and you know you look down the bar and you see somebody else doing it. And you know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think it's one of those that's kind of being treated like a dirty little secret right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I've had two conversations in the uh, past couple weeks. Um, one, I, I gave a buddy some uh, beers from Chicago and he's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta check into these. And I was like, Oh, you're, you're, uh, you're on untapped. And he, and he kind of, kind of in shame was like, yeah, I'm one of those people. And I was like, Oh, me too. I don't understand. I don't understand that tone in your voice. You better fly right. Where I have to give you a swift talking to. Um, and another guy this Saturday at, a, at um, the aforementioned uh, going away party was like, yeah, I love it. Like, yeah, I don't, what is, again, what is this tone? Who cares? Do what you like. Unless I don't like it, then I'm going to complain about it on my other podcast. I think you're muted. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's all right sorry my dog i had to um yeah, yeah straighten him out tell him to fly right yes nice um <clears throat> excuse me try not to cough too much here no that's all right yeah untapped is it's fun i don't i don't see uh what the issue is no it's uh, a good time yeah and it's not like you gotta like it's this, it's almost like it takes about as much time as it does to check and respond to a text message and people aren't weird about yeah. that at bars so it's like yeah, you'll be all right that's right mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what do you want to get into here we wanna hmm. <laughs> bust where, it up. where to start I know you uh you've got a couple of uh movies you watched this weekend you wanna uh check into perhaps? Uh yeah, if you're up for it. Yeah, um just run through I'm gonna the... hit on a couple quick ones before I get into my uh my my main review that you mm-hmm. assigned me. Yes. Um I sat down and watched I guess the spiritual sequel to uh Jumanji, which is Zatharia, mm. a space adventure from two thousand five. And actually, I gotta say, I gave it a five, but like, as far as like com- like comparing it to Jumanji, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've watched Jumanji recently. Like, no. It, um, it's good. I think this this is actually maybe a little bit better. Hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. It 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 tickles it tickles my fancy a little bit better. I don't I don't know. Um. The kids curse a little bit more, which is fun. There's a couple shits and dams in there, and um, and Dax Shepard shows up, which is always a good thing. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a fun little romp. My my son's a little scared of some of the the things that happen, so it's not bad. So I'd recommend it. It's uh, oh fuck, I don't even know if it is streaming anywhere. I'd have to look it up. Um. So yeah, check that out. Um, I also watched a, another movie called Masterminds um, from from 2016. This uh, kind of, this is a movie kind of came and went. It's uh, starring Zach Galifianakis and Kristen Wiig, Owen Wilson, um, Jason Sudeikis, um, and this is like one of those. Um, true crime or true 
true stories um, that you know Hollywood gets a hold of, and then they try to make it funny. Yeah, you know where like you know the situation, like the comedy. There's like a comedy of errors, and like someone finds the story and writes a script about it just to you know because it's 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 rich for uh, the taking, and it's and it is it it. It tries to straddle the line between like absurdist humor and like just regular humor, and it doesn't quite fit. But like, I didn't hate it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I gave it. I again, I gave it a five. It was. It's actually. It's it's actually worth a watch. It really is. It's and like if you're, but you have, you have to be in the mood for it though. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. You have to, uh, um, yeah, like you can't be just, I'm going to, because you could pick this movie apart six ways from Sunday, but like Galifianakis is good. Sudeikis is amazing. Owen Wilson is Owen Wilson. Um, uh, Kristen Wiig is, you know, just kind of the quirky, lovable person she always is. Um, so it's, um, yeah. Uh, and again, I will get back to you i'll do my research whenever you're talking about your movies yes. um to to make sure that i get that um and i did oh um uh, real quickly i watched the movie it mm-hmm. uh we'll be talking about that next week so i won't say a whole lot about that from 2017 yeah, yeah. and um but a movie you recommended for the listeners last week uh, yes. battle royale and I was like, oh, I got some time this weekend. I think I can watch the movies. And I, obviously, I did watch a couple of movies. Um, yeah, I've been watching some movies late at night, which is, I need to stop doing that because I'm tired in the morning. Um, yeah. Uh, but Battle Royale. Yeah. Well, it happens. Um, Battle Royale uh, from 2000 uh, is a uh, Japanese film. Uh, uh, in, okay, so like any boy. <laughs> Anytime you are around any hipster and you talk about the movie um, uh, uh, The Hunger Games, you're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. Battle Royale, that's original, whatever. Okay, so yeah, I got it. And I'm, I go into this movie super high expectations, super mm-hmm. high expectations. Mm, I don't know how that worked I, out for you. Yeah. And um, so, like, because I'm expecting, like, you know, The Hunger Games had a good premise, good acting, not bad at all. I have no idea. Uh, Right. I've never seen uh, any Hunger Games. I know that the book came out before this movie, so. Right. And the, so the the book, I I read the whole series, The Hunger Games, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I put myself through that, but the <laughs> movies are actually better than the book. The book gets tired. It, it's a good premise for the first book, and then it just gets into politics and mm. very preachy type shit towards the end. And Katniss is a, like an unlikable character. Uh, but the first movie, like I liked it. It was fine. It's not made for me. It's made for teenagers. You know what right, I mean? Right? Yeah. You're not the demographic. Right, and but even then, it's still not a bad movie. And yeah. my wife and I sat down and watched it. We were into it, you know, enough to keep us interested. So, but everyone's saying how great this movie is, and like Battle Royale, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm coming into it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to, like, dissect it. Like, because I didn't like this movie. Like, it was, it was all right. You know, it was fine. Um, it just, the acting was bad. Um, it was the, the, the story was the most interesting part of it, but the way they mm. pulled it off and the, the way it just kind of, like, the screenplay itself was just, like, all over the place. Like, people loving each other and, like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And then they, like, made up stuff right in the middle of, uh, I, I, like, everyone loves this movie so much. And, like, the special effects are terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And, like, and maybe that's part of the appeal, but, like, Could it's be. it's in 2000. It's not, like, an old movie. Right. Like, I'm, like, don't, don't, like, say, oh, it's, it's in, you know, it's of its time. No. Like, the special effects are terrible. And there's blood everywhere. Like, don't tell me, like, you can't show certain stuff. Like, there's blood everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. just, like... I don't know. I I, I don't I, think I, that um, that is a valid argument. The of its time thing, because Jurassic Park, uh, right, made it made every movie makes every movie look stupid in 1994. So, well, and that that and you you make the best movie of its time. If if it looks cheesy, it looks cheesy. Don't mm-hmm. you know? That's the you other find, thing, too. You, is you if, do works around. Yeah. It, there's movies that don't look good, but the narrative is so strong. The narrative should, you know, Absolutely. pull you in. Absolutely. So, and, know. like, listen, I know I love stupid, weird movies. Yeah. We're going to be talking about one maybe tonight that's, like, absurd and unrealistic at parts. Yeah. I think later on that I really liked. Uh, but this movie, like, I think only relies on the concept. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is like the most important part of it. Like yeah. that's what people are drawn to, and the concept is great. Yeah, but the premise is the execution. A movie. The execution is bad. Like Fair it's enough. not good. Like I didn't enjoy it. I, I mean, I there was redeeming. Like I, I'm being hard on. It. Like I, no, it's I okay. just I, I don't see what the big hype is. Like I, like people shitting on the Hunger Games for this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of I guess I'll remove myself from that conversation since I don't have any well, no, but you can the also Hunger Games thing, but I but I like Battle Royale. Um right. I also you, think the first time I, I saw it was probably in you know 2005 or 2006, you know, hanging out with my buddies, so Right. Um that uh, that you know usually helps, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I like it. I like that. Um, I I don't know. I I well, agree with me, you that a premise my, doesn't my, make a movie, but um, well, are my arguments valid? Like, are yeah, are the things I I point on because like yeah, of I, I, like I'm trying to figure out what I was missing, and like halfway through the movie, I'm like. It's one of those movies where, and and I kind of had a little bit of an epiphany epiphany mm-hmm. this weekend, is like there's certain movies that I don't know if it's popcorn or or what, but it there's movies that you like. I get engrossed in like mm-hmm. the the time. Like I don't think of the time, but there's other movies. Like this, this one, I'm like looking at like how much time's left. 
Oh, I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir. You know, I will go after any movie that's over. If I get bored in 120 minutes, I will complain about the runtime of the movie. Well, right. I mean, do it like every even, week. <laughs> I yeah, I know. But even even um. No, but like there it, are certain ones where it's just like time falls off the clock and you don't notice it. Right. Um, but anytime, and I think this goes back to um, one of your rules about what is a good movie is right. anytime you're not in, not fully engrossed or engaged, then the movie's not doing its job. So, absolutely, like it, and this one, like. I was waiting for it to, um, like grab me and mm-hmm. like, it never, it never really did. I, and I like, I don't know. It, um, I was surprised because I was all, all like all ready to be all in on this movie. And it, I guess my expectations were somewhere. Um, yeah, it, it I mean, it's, it's a, it's a B movie mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I don't know if I, I, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's definitely a B movie, but it seems like maybe it, it found an audience and that audience built it up to be something that it can't yeah. live up to for you. So. Yeah, maybe I just, I don't know. There were so many like little, um, like I only really knew three characters, mm-hmm. maybe four out of the ones that kept throwing at me and like, you're supposed to be invested and then all of a sudden they're dead like but with no backstory other than what they were telling they never sh- they very there was very little showing of the relationship it was all telling yeah absolutely um so i'm kind of thinking about now uh i was watching something about uh How do I explain shallow depth, I guess, or like fake deep. Right. Um, and it was in pertaining to, um, it was like a video essay pertaining to like certain like current rap artists. And, um, it brought up an interesting point is like when you are introduced to certain things, they might not be that deep, but that's the deepest you've gone into something. Right. So, like, if, you know, in 2000, you haven't, I don't know if the Hunger Games movies have even come out yet. No. Um, but you have people who are introduced to this concept, and um, it makes them think a little bit. And, yes. you know, if you're of a certain age, you haven't really gotten to experience things that actually, like, have deeper depth and meaning. So, you could kind of assign it to that. I guess I could see that being a case too with like people who really like this movie. And then all of a sudden the hunger games comes out and, and they, you know, cling to this, this thing that they right. feel has the, the right First to the throne. Type of, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I will, um, I'll put it out to the listeners and ask them mm-hmm. like, say, Hey, what, what makes battle Royale so good? Mm-hmm. Like, and Maybe I'm wrong. And if it's, if it's just concept, then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and ideas, uh, you know, premise is not a movie. So, yeah. 
I understand where you're coming from for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I actually can imagine, like, I, I don't know this, but I'm guessing this is maybe based off a manga or a, a book. Oh, well, uh, then actually, the battle... I, never mind. I love it. <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, like, they – and I know they do this with the Hunger Games. They've just they, – they shoved a lot of shit into it just to, you know, make the – the the fans happy but yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i'm i'm guessing this is based off of something so um maybe that's why it felt a little disjointed at times uh but anyways uh yeah it's a big big story whatever so anyways uh yeah battle, battle royale yeah that got a five as well so mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm all full of fives nice i um, guess middle of the road yeah well, well uh yeah why don't you uh talk for a little bit because i've been blathering blathering all right so you uh assigned me a movie last week called the details from uh 2011 deets nothing but the deets it's a uh dark comedy um starring toby Maguire and elizabeth banks um, written and directed by jacob estes this is his second full-length feature um, and he only has a couple of, uh, he wrote and directed it. He only has a, he has very few, um, directing credits and the only writing credit you'd probably recognize was rings from this year, which was the, when they tried to reboot the ring franchise. No, Ooh, I don't know about all that, but anyways, um, so this is about, uh, Tommy McGuire and uh, when when a family of raccoons discover worms living underneath the sod in Jeff and Neely's backyard, this pest problem becomes a darkly comic and wild chain reaction of domestic tension, infidelity, and murder. And uh, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Uh, it is an interesting and um, I, f- I feel like it is a pretty well well plotted little little movie here um so toby mcguire is jeff and him and uh his wife neely are um raising a young son and they just are going through kind of um they're just portrayed as like very bland people and like every night jeff sneaks off to the den to um email hotties on porn websites and uh so he's just you, you get the sense that they're they're feeling unfulfilled and um all of a sudden uh, they're they put sod down and all of a sudden um it like like the uh description says there's a chain reaction of uh just a bizarre through line of stuff happening um mm-hmm. and uh It's, uh, I don't know, it's, dark comedy is kind of a hard one to, uh, it's one of those where it's either you're going to find the humor in the situation or, and be like mildly amused or you won't and you'll be completely turned off. I feel like it's kind of a, uh, kind of a tough water to navigate and, and it kind of gets diminishing returns. Right, it's whether or not you can like mm-hmm. revel in the in the darkness, like yeah. the 
you know, the pain and suffering or the, you know, the, yeah. If you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You can, yeah. If you buy in and, and get going, there's a, this is a big, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the cast in this. There's a, yeah. a lot of big names in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Carrie Washington and Ray Liotta. Um, Laura Linney. Haysburg. Who was really good in this. Um, she plays like a wacky neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Haysbert, uh, who is uh, the president in mm-hmm. 24. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there, there's a good, good cast of people here, and um, they all do a really good job. And uh, like I said, with the dark comedies, like I've a lot of ones I see, like they're f- I found it funny, but it wasn't like laugh out loud. Like, um, I don't know. It's it's just not really the like laughs per minute are not really there. So, um, luckily, this movie I feel like it had a pretty solid uh, plot line to follow. Um, so that, you know, even though it wasn't a laugh per minute, I was still, I was still entertained the entire time. And, um, I like the cast. Everyone did a good job. Laura Linney, especially, like I said, she, she plays like the crazy cat lady. Uh, and, and, uh, Toby Maguire's Jeff doesn't really want to deal with her, but he kind of ends up getting close to her because they're, um, they're doing some uh, unpermitted unper- uh, additions on their house. So he's he's kind of in a spot where he needs to be uh, nice to her in order to get what he wants from her. And um, so there are they do a good job of creating these circumstances where Jeff has to deal with all these people. And it is just a downward spiral of like can't believe this is going there sometimes and like this is really happening um and <laughs> it's it's kind of uh it's kind of funny the way it just ends up um like there it's he says something in the middle of the movie he's like these things don't just work themselves out like he's in having an argument with someone and basically the the final act of the movie is the very clean resolution of things for him <laughs> <laughs> so like i've i i really liked the um like the comedic irony in that was really good mm-hmm. um and uh i don't know it, it's it's a pretty simple movie um i'm surprised with like a cast this big that i had only just recently come to hear about it but at yeah. the same time, it's like, you know, so many movies come out every year. It's just, Yeah. What can you do? Um, I gave well, it a seven. It's a solid, like, middle-of-the-road, comedic, kind of melodramatic movie. Um, good performances, entertaining, and it's streaming on Netflix. It's one that um, I I think it's worth checking out. Like, I, I don't mind recommending this one. So Okay. Good little movie. Um, yeah, I might check it out because it like if it's a I like I was expecting like some kind of like weird like yeah, it's not super weird. It's just kind of um, 
it's kind of quirky, but it's not that like full blown like Juno in your face quirky. It's just right. kind of like just like oh, this, this is weird. Yeah. Why is this happening? Well, I mean, and we were talking a little bit earlier about like dark comedies. You think about movies like Fargo, mm-hmm. you know, and like that's like a dark comedy. Like, yeah, it is. And and uh, you know, the last per second, and it's it's not the you know laugh out loud stuff. It's just like you're thinking to yourself that is clever and funny. Like that, it took it took some writing to do get to that point. You know, um, for me, anyways, with Fargo. Uh, so I, there's 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 different kinds of funny for me. There's yeah. like the the slapsticky and stupid. There's the laugh out loud like I can't believe we did it. And then there's like that that like um uh uh like with the dark comedies. It's there's more the uh, examining and exposing those those things in the human psyche or the things we don't talk about that like. You're like, oh, yeah, that's that sounds about right, and and you know they, uh, if it's done right, it can be done well, or you know it can be enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely murky waters to navigate for dark comedy, murky. Yeah, mm. yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. I mean, Fargo is such a just like, it's a well crafted movie from top to bottom too, though. Like, oh yeah. It's just it's. Even if the comedy doesn't land, the story's engrossing, and there's just, you know, great performances all around. It's, I guess, uh, I would say that's an, the exception, not the rule. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um. Well, my assignment for last week, and it was impossible. Hey, let's do this for uh, a full episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able to watch it. I think the next, I think the next day I watched it after we recorded. Uh, I had some time in the evening after the boy went to bed, and I watched the movie Bright. This from uh, 2017, and really just came out what three weeks ago or something yeah. like that, the 21st or something of December. Yep. And um, it's a Netflix original. Uh, they've been pimp- pimping it hard until it came out now they're not pimping it so hard mm-hmm. uh starring will smith and joel edgerton and uh numi repace repace mm-hmm. who is the original uh girl with the dragon tattoo edgar ramina edgar ramirez is in it um and that's pretty much it there's some other people you may recognize uh but so okay i had no idea what i was getting into with mm-hmm. this movie I, I i didn't understand what it was it, i just you know like oh it's kind of there's some alien maybe with his i think maybe alien mind or something like that type of movie um but this movie is it's directed by um we talked a little bit about it last week uh david Ayer, um who we know from uh train day and uh end of watch all that stuff he's um uh, he, he also um, he he was a writer on Suicide Squad, um, uh, or did he direct Suicide Squad too? I right? think he wrote yes. and directed it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I mean, he's got, I mean, he's got some stuff in his background, and he's known for like gritty. Oh, he did the movie Fury, or he produced at least produced movie Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, he directed it as well. Sorry, um, yeah, I'm 
it's stupid. Uh, IMDb separating hmm. all their all their credits yeah. but you know him for like gritty cop dramas right you Basically. know like stuff like um you know real life cop stuff um and maybe hyper analyzed but what this is is a buddy cop movie right and um but what it is and and again this is great concept really good concept loved the concept and it's whether or not he could pull it off on the screen right so the concept is so you know like all the Lord of the Rings stuff and all that stuff. We got orcs, we got wizards, we got mm-hmm. elves, we got um, all this stuff, uh, uh, fairies, like all these things. But it's always set in like this medieval time frame. You know, it's it's always swords and shields. It's always maces and blood. You know, it's 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 um, you know catapults and 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 uh, long, you know, uh, uh, bows and arrows and catapults or you know, all that shit. Well. They take that and bring it into the current era. So now you have orcs and and elves and fairies and and wands and magic and stuff incorporated into like current day um, America. Mm-hmm. And they said in Los Angeles. And like the concept is pretty sweet because he he sets yeah. it up really good. The first like first fifteen minutes, I am in. I'm like, this is gonna be, all right. I like the like the idea of this. And like, because you um you you get to know Will Smith's character, who is like a, a you know a longtime cop who has been shot because with well, the opening scene is because his orc um his orc partner wasn't paying attention and. Uh, another orc, like the orcs are the bad guys in this movie, like, or, or like in this society, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because they made a deal with the dark one, um, like 2000 years ago. And, uh, they are like, they're like the subset of, of society. They're the, the people that people look down on or the, the beings. And, um, the, the only orc cop, in America is uh, Joel Edgerton, who is uh, Will Smith's partner. And okay, so I I I don't even know how to explain this movie. Like I kind of liked it, but I didn't like. There's not a lot of good stuff in this movie. Yeah. Like, um. It's a chase movie. It it feels a little bit like End of Watch, where, you know, um, we talked about a little bit about it last week, where the um, once they get into it, like they're on their own, they have to kind of, you know, like they don't, there's no time for backup type stuff, and it, you you get that with these two. Yeah. Um, there's dirty cops. There's um, uh, bad elves. Um, like. Like I, I can imagine reading this book and be like, I would love it because I think the world that he developed was pretty sweet. But you have to fit it into a two-hour movie, yeah. And um, it just it was lacking in that way. And there's a ton of cliches. Edgerton was pretty good. Will Smith did his best Will Smith in this movie because mm-hmm. you know he's like, you know, whatever he always whatever he, like he's incredulous, you know, at somebody at some point is like, what are you going to do now? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, 
I mean, he's Will Smith. He's he's his best Will Smith. But overall, the movie just is me. It's okay. I would recommend watching it for you yeah. if you have the time. Um, I recommend it a lot of people because there are some enjoyable aspects of it, but it also there was a couple points where it did drag. Um, but it's I don't know, man. It's like this is a big movie for Netflix. Mm-hmm. They really dropped the ball as far as like being a great movie. Yeah, I guess it's a huge, huge names, huge. Get over here, come on. <laughs> huge names, huge director, um, big budget. I mean, he had to be in a huge budget for this. Yeah. Um, and I just, it was, it. I mean, for what it was, it what wasn't what all that should have been. I mean, budget was ninety million dollars estimated. And like, how are they going to make that back on Netflix? New subscriber? I don't know. This is the the problem with the uh, Netflix model, I guess, that they're running into now. Yeah. It's like, how do you make that back? And I guess... But, um, so yeah. Uh, Bright, I guess, watchable. Yeah. Streaming on Netflix. Um... I'd be really interested to hear what you say, um, but I don't think it's worth, like, I'm not going to make you watch it. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I still want to watch it, but I, yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like uh, they put so much weight behind it for it to even be middling Yeah, is bad, but it's. Uh, and written by Max Landis, mm-hmm. who I'm a fan of. And it's. uh. I mean, it's generated like it was like one of the most streamed movies of that week when it came out. Yeah, I like just the opening fifteen minutes was worth mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. Now, like I said, concept is not like, but this was this was a better movie than than Battle Royale. Eleven my, million streaming views. Damn. Well, I mean, that's a lot. First three I days. Mean, a lot yeah (laughs) dear (laughs) another one is dear god netflix is really giving bright a sequel bright the cinematic wreck that netflix unleashed upon the world in december is officially getting a sequel yeah i mean i'm not gonna like cape up for this movie but like i've seen worse um but i've i've obviously seen a lot better Mm -hmm. so uh yeah well, I mean, if uh, if it really does have this rich world, maybe they can explore that more in the uh, in the sequel. So we'll yeah, we'll see. for sure, we shall see. Um, but both these movies, um, the details and Bright, are streaming on Netflix. If someone feels the need to check them out, yeah. they're right there, ready to go. Sure. Um, how about can we take a, a quick break? Yeah. Sounds good. And I got I got an anxious puppy. All right. And I'll be right back. Or we'll be right back. Yep. All right. So mm-hmm. it is that time. Time to dole out some new assignments. Yes. Um for you, mm-hmm. uh, because I watched it this week, thanks to Mr. Fredo. Um you're gonna be watching the movie It right. two thousand seventeen. 
the Stephen King adaptation. Anxious to talk Excellent. about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And for you, mm-hmm. uh, streaming on Netflix from 2015 is the Stanford Prison Experiment. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we shall talk about that. Um, one other thing I want to recommend for you, I know mm-hmm. uh, I think I think it was last week on uh, on uh, Mavs. Uh, Matt was incredulous that you haven't been watching Black Mirror. Yeah, couldn't he couldn't he just couldn't understand it. And I'm not. I've I'm seen not, it. I, I've seen it too. I've seen probably. <laughs> I've seen probably six or seven episodes. Yeah, right? I mean, um, I think I'm almost done with the third season. Well, here's the the good thing about that that uh, that whole thing. You don't have to watch them in order. Right. Yeah. It's so a, I'm, I'm going to give you a little extra assignment this week. You're going to okay. watch episode one of season four. Okay. All right. It stars uh, um, Meth Damon. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, the guy, uh, in Breaking Bad, um, uh, oh, what's, oh, you know what I'm I'm talking about. Not Chad. What's his, (laughs) he, uh, oh my God. Uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. What's his he looks like a Chad, but I know yes. that's not his name. Yes. Um, he was. Uh, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Todd. He Todd. Was Todd. Yeah. Close enough. But yeah, because he looks, he's Meth Damon. Yeah, he is Meth Damon for sure. Um, Although but, if he was uh, actually watch- on Meth, he'd be a lot skinnier. But yes, exactly. But since he was on Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. it's Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but check out check out season one or season four, episode one of Black Mirror. Okay. Um, I found I I uh, I heard it from like a couple different people. I don't know. Was it? I don't know if they said it on the After Disaster, but I know like the Lebertard show. Uh, those guys liked it a lot. So, um, uh, yeah, check it out. I will for sure. Uh, but streaming on Amazon for the listeners. If you don't want to watch those movies, you can't watch those movies. You're waiting on beta breath to hear what we say about those movies. Uh, I got something for you that I've already watched and I've reviewed, and I kind of liked it. Uh, uh, stream on Amazon right now. It comes at night. Nice. Um, starring the aforementioned Joe Edgerton. Um, really, uh, the the role that I really thought, like, kind of for me, I liked him a lot in before i was i thought he was eh and in this role i really liked him in so uh it comes at night uh one of those post-apocalyptic dramas oh all right nice i um i'm still curious about that one as well uh so for my uh listener recommendation uh behind the mask uh, subtitled The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, it is a mockumentary. If you are a fan of the slasher genre, this one came out in uh, 2006, and it kind of does a successful job of uh, poking fun at while um, delivering a good masked villain. Um, if you like slasher movies, check it out. 
it's uh, streaming on Amazon Prime. I'm probably going to watch it this week, too, because it's been a, been a while. Okay. I have never seen it. Behind the Mask. Yeah, this is, this is uh, one of those uh, late nights. This was back when I used to work nights, and then I'd just be up till like 3 or 4 in the morning, watch two or three movies a night, and then yes. wake up at 1 to go to work at 3. So, my judgment might have been impaired. Maybe. But I do enjoy this movie. Hmm. Hey, one other thing. Just a heads up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Batman Begins is on Amazon right now. Or on Netflix. Sorry. Oh, that's nothing wrong with that. No. Nice. Just in case you didn't know. Mm-hmm. No, no. Now you know. That's right. I believe uh, Biggie <laughs> said it best. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, let's run those down one more time. We're going to be watching It, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Or It and the Stanford Prison Experiment. Um, it is not streaming, but uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment is on Netflix. And if you want to watch It Comes at Night or Behind the Mask, those are both on Amazon Prime. And the show Black Mirror is streaming on Netflix. Good, good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, yeah, we we got another top five. Top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, based on the, watching the movie It, one of the things I was thinking about is evil characters. Mm-hmm. Evil characters. And things that, like... Um, and it's kind of hard to do because, like, you look down the list of, like, villains yeah. and all that stuff. Like, a lot of them have just motives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they do have, like, things behind them. And, you know, there's, uh, at the risk of hopefully not spoiling any of your list, um, like Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. I didn't put him on my list because he ultimately did good, right? Yeah. Uh, there was... Uh, there were some redeeming qualities about them, but like for for my list, I was looking for people that are unredeemable, like just mm-hmm. truly evil, like doing stuff not for money, not for gains, not for revenge, nothing like that, just out of pure like evil. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a ton of movies out there that have like, and some of the like weird, like I know martyrs or some, you know, there's some stuff there. Um, uh, there's a lot of the, uh, oh, there's a, well, there's a Japanese movie. Um, the guy, guy that has like the cross on his face. I can't remember what that movie's called. Um, I, uh, well, regardless, I, I know there's a lot of stuff up there mm-hmm. or out there. Um, and, but I'm pretty happy with my list. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like mine too. There's, uh, I tried to do the exact. I I tried to go the exact same route as you. Good. Um, just characters that are villains. They have no redeeming quality. Right. Um, cool. So yeah, nice. All right. Well, let uh, I'll I'll start us off. Yeah. Please. Um. Uh. Sorry. My phone is catching up with my mouth again. And 
Okay. So, um, 1992, we get a cast mm. of characters. Uh, we get a bunch of characters, and, and we get all types. We get good, bad, ugly, greedy, um, inept, all that stuff. Double-crossing at times, mm-hmm. uh, and just plain stupid at other times. But we get one that's really evil. In uh, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino's first uh, directorial, this de- directorial debut, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And... We nice. get we get introduced to uh, cast of characters and Mr. Blonde. He's out for the money, but he's also out just he doesn't really care for cops, and I don't think he really has any redeeming qualities because you don't root for this guy one bit. Mm-hmm. You can root for a lot of these guys in here, uh, but this one I don't think anybody really roots for. Uh, because he's just plain mean and plain evil, uh, you know. Be it, um, well, the yeah, the gasoline and the ear cutting. Yeah, I mean, speaks for itself. We really don't see Mister Blonde that much, other than this scene, um, and it's an iconic scene. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, and it really makes his time count. Yeah, and 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 set to a, a just an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, that just I mean it just epitomizes um, Tarantino style, I think. And so yeah, my number five is Mr. Blonde. Nice, nice. Um, you're really starting off with a with a bang there. Mine's a a little more of a. Uh, I get it. More of a deep Bang. cut, guess maybe maybe a bit of a reach, I guess. Let's call it that. Um, but in 1993, uh, Martin Ferrero played a uh, lawyer named Mr. Gennaro in uh, Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. And uh, lawyers often get a bad rap, um, and this guy was no exception. He uh, wanted to monetize one of the uh, greatest scientific achievements in American cinema history. Uh, it's kind of a Weasley slime ball, and then abandoned two kids, uh, being attacked by a Tyrannosaurus Rex before <laughs> finally getting his uh, getting come-uppins? his comeuppance. Yeah, but um, <laughs> uh, pr- probably just snuck it in there to kind of pad my list out. But people do hate lawyers. Yes, they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, but uh, he, um, yeah, I mean, he's not a f- full-on villain through and through, but he does zero, uh, nothing heroic, and nothing uh, is remorseful for nothing. So, no, not at all. Yeah, so he's uh, quite the, uh, yes, quite the weasel and ulterior, like. No good intentions, I guess. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And his chance, chance to redeem himself, he goes running into the commode. So Yes. All right, for my number four, I have a tie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because, like, for me, they're just iconic. And uh, just, I don't know, it's... Like, one actually has 
a motive, or kind of has a motive. The other one is just plain nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, and they're both take place during the same time. Um, in 1976, uh, Dustin Hoffman and, and uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier uh, have a have quite the um, what would you call it the uh, uh, dentistry scene maybe um, mm. where uh, and sorry again my thing is not catching okay uh, his Cezel Cezel I can't remember his name. Uh, but uh, Lawrence Olivier uh, in Marathon Man. Um, have you seen this? Marathon Man, no. Okay. Uh, it is... Um, anyone who knows this uh, cringes when they see the torture scene uh, between Dustin Hoffman and, and Sir Lawrence Olivier. Mm. Uh, and... Uh, to for the tie in this is uh, uh, Nurse Ratchet uh, for one flew over the cuckoo, cuckoo's nest. Oh, Nurse Ratchet is on my list as well. Okay, great. Nice. Um, well, then let's let's tag team it here. All right, <laughs> yeah, let's tag team Nurse Ratchet. Never thought I'd have yeah. to say that. Yeah, let's do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, she um, she is fucking evil like she apparently is she just tortures these uh these guys and convinces them that there's something wrong with them and i don't is she the one that you thought might have motive or no no no, okay yeah she i i don't think that she has any sort of reason to do this other than she enjoys uh torturing these these in patients that are treated like inmates yes well yeah and like it's like she uh picked this job mm-hmm. in particular just to be able to do what she did like and to get away with it mm-hmm. you know like uh hippocratic oath be damned you yeah. know uh you know do no harm uh just and deadpan and very just kind of like very just the uh skin crawling uh subtleness of a like someone who knows what they're doing yeah um but plays it so calm yeah she knows the power she wields over these people and she's like so close to i mean i guess she really kind of just does get away with it but she goes pretty much unchallenged until uh, McMurphy shows up. Yes. Uh, such a great, yeah. such a great character. Such a great movie too. This yeah. is one. Of, I think this is one of those movies. I think there's like three movies, like this movie, and like two others that have like swept the Oscars, right? Um, like, like best picture, best uh, actor, best actress, best director. That's that screenplay. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I I wonder what other ones there are cuz yeah, it won 5 and it was nominated for best supporting, best cinematography, best editing and best music. So. Right. But yeah, hmm. it crushed it. Yeah. Just but just an just an evil 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 lady. Yeah. Absolutely yes. horrible. Um 
man, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I mean, I know that it's considered a classic, and it is a classic. Uh, it's such a great movie, but I didn't know that it it um, that uh, they won best leading for both categories. And best, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's three movies that swept, and I I just off the top of my head, I, I can't remember. What is this? So, yeah, yeah, great. Great, 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 great. So, all right. Uh, was that? So, that was, that was number four. Yes. So, hit us with your number three. All right. Um, all right. Well, this movie's a lot more re- recent. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's another uh, it's another uh, Tarantino film, but he's good at evil or good mm-hmm. at bad. Um, but Hans Landa. Yes. Of, from Inglorious Bastards. Yes, yes, um, yes. Who has a job and like it does his job well. Mm. But here's the difference. Like, you know, some people can say, oh, I was just following orders. No, this guy, mm-hmm. he loves to hunt Jews. He's the Jew hunter. And he uh, takes pleasure in inflicting pain and suffering on those who he seeks. Um, and, you know, this is our first introduction to... Uh, Christoph Waltz and like what what how like like this movie wouldn't be half the movie it is I mean it's a great movie regard without him but it's it's like twice as good because he's in it you know he oh, makes yeah. I mean he is I mean he chooses the scenery just that opening scene you know with the milk and the pipe and all that stuff it's it's it sets the tone for this movie and like every time he shows up on scene um it's it's frightening like people are in jeopardy because he is in proximity to them you know um and like it's it's just it's like a like i'm you know um tarantino like is awesome because he will he'll either he either introduces characters or actors to us, or he reinvents actors, you know, and, and presents them in a different light for us. And like in this, in this movie, you know, whether it's, you know, um, Travolta or Samuel L. Jack, like he introduced us to Samuel L. Jackson, right? Right. Um, you know, he was stacks before, but he didn't stacks. Didn't do stacks. Shit. No, he just got shot in the face. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like he, he introduces characters because he he writes such like great dialogue for the end. He knows that he knows the actors and can work with actors. I I think he's great with working with actors. Probably a creepy dude, but fuck, is he a good director? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, uh, Hans Landa is just downright evil. He has he. He, he 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 works under the pretense of working for Hitler, right? And yeah. he's actually worse than that. But yeah, you know what I mean. He's thrilled to be doing what he does, and he yes. is, like you said, he chews up scenery. That's got to be one of the, um, I don't know, because if the movie's great on its own, but I feel like if you lose Hans Landa, you kind of have a much more pulpy movie. Yes. It, it gives it a quite a bit of gravitas. Oh, absolutely. His performance. I, 
Agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's still it'd still be a great movie without him, but it'd be closer to Pulp Fiction than than uh, it'd kind mm-hmm. of be like Pulp Fiction in a different era than, uh, and it still has that that quality to it. I mean, Quentin Tarantino is going to inject that into all of his movies, but it's just there's something about that performance is so elevating. Yeah. 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 And like goes on to win like two in a row, I think best supporting. I think so, yeah. And Was it for basically playing the same character? Well, well, not really. I mean, I think he won it for Django, right? Yeah. And like that was Django was like was the different... Django was like the good guy version. It wasn't the same guy, but it was yeah, like it was the <laughs> it, was, it the... was the flamboyant, um, but dangerous mm-hmm. and and dangerous in a good way and dangerous in a bad way. Flamboyant and dangerous. Yeah. Um. And I think I think they were the same character, just a little different. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Um, so mine, um, this was the first name I thought of, and I think there's a chance for a little crossover here, but from 2007, um, from the Coen brothers. Yep. Yes. Uh, Anton Chigurh, played by Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Uh, he is a force. Yeah, um, he he's not indiscriminately killing, um, but he uh, he is not. Um, I mean, he, he like he has a motive, like retrieve the satchel. But other than that, it just he is. He seems like he is uh, just a force of nature. Like he pops up. And, um, you know, what, what's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss and to just, to just put someone's fate down to that. I don't know how you couldn't be evil. Yeah. Um, it's like literally he's like death incarnate, yes. right? Like it's yeah. like the, he's, he comes and like whatever you can maybe extend it for a little bit of time. Right. Mm -hmm. You can, you can relax, you know, try to avoid him and all, but eventually he's going to get you. Yes. And like without, without, um, uh, a smile without anything, he's just relentless and like, like, uh, literally puts the fear of God or, uh, in you. Like it's, it, like it, it was such a powerful performance without emoting like one little thing. Right. You know, like he was so deadpan and like barely, I don't I, like his face never moved. It seemed like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like um, he maintained this same kind of even expression. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't super expressive either. It was just kind of like a, a resting face and, yeah. uh, resting death face. Yeah. Really? <laughs> and he just he he doesn't really revel in the killing he doesn't but he doesn't you know flinch and he can't be reasoned with and he yes. can't be stopped he's, he is like the living embodiment of the terminator yeah 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 he he's is. he's not a cybernetic killing machine but he's he's the, emotionless 
Yes, he's he's like he's what he's like literally a sociopath or a psycho yeah. or a sociopath. Like there's no social or yeah, there's no um, he doesn't take it in, into account anyone's emotions other than what it, it means for how they will react to mm-hmm. him coming after them. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, this is like this movie has its flaws, but it's still a really, really good movie. Yeah. Like a really good Absolutely. movie. And you know, Tommy Lee Jones is so good in this. Like we all think of him as just this like, like overacting, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, but yeah. he, he does some really subtle stuff in this. It's great. Josh Brolin's great. Uh, Woody Harrelson is fucking fantastic in this movie. Yeah, he um, is. That was one of the things that was kind of hard to swallow the first time I saw it. Right, and and this is like the point where he he makes that turn from like that overacting weird, you know, weird. I don't know. Yeah, like I love Woody Harrelson. I do too. Uh, but yeah, I I think that for a while he was just kind of a. I don't know. I mean, he was on Cheers. He was kind of like a a lovable goofball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was. Um, yeah, then he was uh, a guy that couldn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he was mm-hmm. a white man. Mm-hmm. Some would say his his toughest role to date, and he nailed that. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, Garrett Dillahunt was awesome mm-hmm. uh, as well. Like this, this whole, the whole, uh, like it's 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 a well crafted movie, man. Absolutely. So yeah, it's an, another one of those movies that <laughs> kind of. Th- Scares you off of Texas a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that and Hello High Water. Hello High Water. Nocturnal yeah. animals. Yeah. That old, yeah. I don't want to go there. Fredo, get out. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Dallas. Is, Dallas is, seems booming, but yeah, you had a little west. I don't know. Yeah. I've never been to Texas, but now it's uh, it's very close to me, so I hope to go I've soon. been there three times See, you survived. Uh, hung out with uh the bush twins one night oh ho, ho, ho. yeah hotties uh, from uh, uh george w's daughters mm-hmm. that was weird that that is weird <laughs> yes i don't think i ever so, talked about that a whole lot but yes I, uh I would- I would, you know, dog ear that in your uh, book of life and then uh, maybe come back to it. If you had like another podcast. Yeah, maybe. But it's one of those things where I put it right in your ear Mm -hmm. and then you'll just think, you know, when I'm dead and gone, you'll be like, that guy, he hung out with the Bush twins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, that was my number two. So you hit your number two. Okay. Uh, My number two is the Joker. Um, specifically yeah. from the 89 Batman. Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, the reason I chose specifically the Nicholson Joker is because he, um, is, um, you see his origin story. He's, you know, a career criminal. And once he's the Joker, he, uh, Steps up the uh, theatrics a bit, but he's still um, only out for himself. He wants his muse to himself. He wants to, uh, you know, rob, steal, and pillage. And um, he he wants but, the Batman dead. 
Yeah, but nothing like everything he does, it seems like it's for pleasure, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's it's to inflict pain. Yeah. It is it's, it's it's never for his own enjoyment other than to enjoy other people's suffering. Yeah, he is a destructive force. Um and uh it it was a much less um the uh Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight was much more of a uh companion piece to the Batman. Um, kind of a balancing of the scales, where it, uh, which is why I specifically chose the Nicholson Joker, um, because yeah. he was just kind of um, just a, a Gonzo murderer. Yeah, where where uh, where the Ledger uh, Joker was more of an anarchist. Yes, you know he actually he, he had, had a, his um, objective was to create chaos. Yes, it wasn't it wasn't like just to kill just right. to do it yeah where the nicholson one was like he was bad to begin with and then mm-hmm. he got uh perverse yeah perverse yeah just twisted even more yeah. so and i love this performance it's such a um fun performance i don't know jack nicholson um this is one of the things i remember actually probably the three things i remember him for are Chinatown, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Batman. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, The Shining's high up there, too, but... Um, yeah. And, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that was one that I thought of mm-hmm. with The Shining, but, like, that... It falls into a different category, I think. Yeah, yeah right. The Shining altogether kind of just falls into a different category. It's a tough movie to pin mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so Batman 1989. Um, I, I love it. I love the performance uh, and uh, the Prince soundtrack. And uh, there you go, the Joker, pure pure evil, just killing to kill. Yeah. All right. Well, my uh, my number one, um, a movie. I don't know if you've watched it. I I'm guessing you have, but maybe you haven't. Um, Curious. Uh, from 1993, um, uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, most bummer movie, I guess. Hmm. Um, hmm. Uh, Ray, Ralph, Ralph Fiennes, oh, yeah. Ray Fiennes, uh, Amon Goeth, um, the uh, Nazi. Uh, I got two Nazis on here, so maybe. Yes, yeah, turns out Nazis are bad people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, that character, man. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Schindler, have you seen Schindler, Schindler's List? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it is a really effective and, like, heartbreaking and, like, inspiring and um, disgusting movie all at once, right? It's it's all those things. And, it, you know, it pulls on the heartstrings. And there's some, you know, definite, uh, you know, spill, well, it, oh, yeah. Maybe not so much Spielbergian stuff in it because it's um, he really does a good job, I think, in this movie. But like mm-hmm. this character and his uh, just the evil that comes off of him, like when he has his shirt off and like in the middle, like you you look at him and he's just um, uh, you just it's repulsive. Like yeah. the you know uh, it and just it makes you sick. It's you like. Like, how could, how could this even, how could this kind of person exist in the world? Like, how do we get, how does a person like get 
like this exist, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, obviously he was, I don't know how much of a true character he was, but obviously he was an amalgamation of other characters, be it, you know, um, henchmen or whatever, whoever worked for Hitler. And obviously Hitler was, uh, so far by all accounts, not like a really good guy. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this is the first one that came to my mind when we started thinking, I started thinking of this, Mm -hmm. like he, um, and like, I'll never look at Ray Fiennes the same way. Ray Fiennes has played some bad guys. Yes. And he does it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is a great movie. Um, uh, it shouldn't be, but I feel like it's kind of a, and maybe it's just me. Um, but I feel like it's kind of a forgotten Spielberg movie, even though oh, it, for it's sure. such a huge movie and, and it was an award-winning um, movie and a, a real excellent piece of work. But it's just like he just has um, so many other touchstone movies at this point, be it Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park. Um, and, you know, the common through line with those is those are, you know, big summer adventure movies right uh, so it's kind of weird to say because it is such a a, like such a powerful piece of filmmaking it's weird to think that it could possibly get lost in the shuffle when we're talking about one of the greatest living directors yeah and in in effective like i i don't like if it came out today and was in black and white we all look at it like what are you doing dude what are you doing right yeah and but like I think it's a little hipster and a little maybe but like it was still effective that way yeah like it really was um man like i even think like i i think i've only seen this movie like one and a half times and i Mm -hmm. I don't think i could ever maybe i need to sit down and watch it i mean it's a long movie it's like yeah three hours or something but um god what it's it's a challenging movie yeah Wow. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Take away one thing. It's that Nazis are bad, kids. Hmm. Weird, weird that we have to reiterate that sentiment. Hmm. You know. All right. Um, <laughs> well, to, to get things a little, uh, a little more exciting in here, um, my number one evil character played by none other than uh, Joe Pepsi in Martin Scorsese's 1990 film Goodfellas. Ah. Joe Pesci's Tommy DeVito is a a villain through and through. Um, But what makes him evil is that he has no remorse, uh, no, uh, you know, say what you will about organized crime. It's still organized. He doesn't have any respect for the organization. He can fly off the handle at a moment's notice. He uh, is he's volatile. He's angry. He's got that like Napoleon complex going on, maybe. Uh, and man, if it isn't an incredible performance, yeah. And no one's safe around him. No, no one's safe around him. And that's, that's everyone. The thing. Yeah. yeah, everyone walks on eggshells. Mm-hmm. He was not supposed to kill a made man. Stupid, stupid Tommy. Um, but yeah, this this was uh, 
he uh, won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. The only win for Goodfellas, which is insane to me. That's so dumb. Yeah. That's so dumb. Yeah. Um, they need to have, like, legacy Oscars. Like, in, uh, in uh, like, 2001, they should have gone back yeah. and re- revisited the 1991 Oscars and see which movies are still relevant and which movies are, are not. Um, but I guess I don't actually know what won in 91 for best... Uh, uh, Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Yep. Gross. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking it up right now. Of course, it's not the first thing. Yeah, Kevin Costner won Best Director. Um, and uh, da, 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 da. Best Film Editing. Dances with Wolves. Get out of here. Best Original Score. I dare you to go back and watch that movie. It's so bad. Best picture, best director, best writing, screenplay based on material from another medium, best cinematography. Goodfellas um, comes out today. Mm-hmm. Best it, sound, best sound. Man. It crushes. Yeah. You know? Well, that's a, yeah, Goodfellas feels really timeless. And part of it could definitely be because it's, it's firmly rooted piece. in, yeah, because it's a period piece. Um, yeah. But, but you get you get De Niro right in his prime. The acting, yeah, the performances, the uh, Scorsese's his ear for music, um, yeah, I think is really kind of rivaled only by Quentin Tarantino as far as what yeah. what song fits. What yeah, what pre existing song can really capture a scene, um, which is always such an impressive thing to me. Um, yeah. Uh, it's kind of a, a melding of art forms. And, yeah, man, I can't. Dances with Wolves, really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Wow. Really? Really? <laughs> um, well, was, well, yeah, speaking of uh, Anderson, mm-hmm. um, the, the Film Vault recently did a, a top five movies of 2009. So they oh, pretended they pretended it was 2009 and said, hey, here, these, these are our top five movies of this year. Mm-hmm. And looking with hindsight and looking at the movies, you know, oh, like, wow. you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think that'd be a fun thing to do. It's not yeah. Like, I mean, we're not above stealing other people's ideas, but I think it would be a fun thing to do. No, sometimes. Go not. back to like a year, whatever it is. Like, uh, I know like, year was i mean 93 was a big year yeah. or 91 was a big year 93 um uh i mean just any year you can go back and just kind of devour some of the some of the stuff that we've seen and we could kind of right do something like that i think it'd be fun oh absolutely that'd be a great but, idea i like that a lot but if you have better ideas yeah feel free to come at us come mm-hmm. at me bro yeah bro and uh, let us know what you think, because uh, on Gmail, mm-hmm. you can get a hold of us at BroomViewPod at gmail.com. Uh, we did get some feedback from last week, because we had this huge blow-up with Dunkirk. I mean, Christ, it felt like the Battle of Dunkirk. Did we get any feedback? We did, from Neil. Oh, Neil. I didn't yes. see it. Damn it. Well, I will uh, I will read it for us right now, mm-hmm. and uh, he can listen to his his, uh, yeah. his things. Hi. <laughs> Hi, chaps. Should I do an English accent? 
Please do. After, after <laughs> listening to last week's discussion on Dunkirk, I was <laughs> I thought I'd interject as I also saw the film over the Christmas holidays. I understand. I can understand where Andrew's the coming holidays, from. So British. Yes. I can understand where Andrew is coming from as it doesn't really explain anything parentheses, which could, could have been avoided with a little bit of text at the, at the end, explaining why the, the evacuation of Dunkirk was such a pitiful uh, part of world war two. The evacuation of Dunkirk, although seen as a military setback was a chance to regroup and to redeploy troops and strengthen the battle lines and, and was the starting, the start point of, the Battle of Britain, which was hinted at with the news article of Winston Churchill's We Shall Fight Them to the, on the Beaches speech to Parliament. Christopher Nolan does take a big leak, expecting the audience to know every battle uh, and the significance of the film, And but I loved it. But as a film, I loved it. I wasn't sure I was going to at first. What with the jumping timelines... Uh, but it was done well, and it was easy to follow. The acting was first class. Even Harry Styles did okay, and Hans Zimmer's score, although subtle, lifted every scene. I don't think that was subtle one bit there, Mr. Peel. I, uh, I agree. It lifted every scene, though. Yeah. I mean, it was in I your face. Hans yeah, I, I disagree. I, I'm, I'm with you. I disagree that it was subtle, but yeah. I think that it was... Um, it, it did. It was it was effective. Yeah, it was effective. Um, but he gave it a nine out of ten. He said, "I hope <laughs> that helps. Keep up the great work." Thanks, Neil. No, yeah. um, it, we love we love hearing from our peoples. Um, yeah. And if there's a subject anybody wants us to attack and thinks would yeah, be fun to hear, like yeah. I'd be, I'm into it, man. I want to get into it. I would like, uh, be it. I mean. We, we dissect Tarantino films. We yeah. crush that tonight. Or are we, uh, we go into Spielberg, which is, you know, topic that hasn't ever been t- tackled yeah. on any other podcast. Yeah. Cause everyone else is afraid to not us. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you yeah, guys want to hear? Email hit us. us up. Let us know. Uh, broomviewpod at gmail.com or yes. broomviewpod on, at, at broomviewpod on Twitter. Yes. And which on we, Facebook, you this, can, this it, evening got something on Twitter. Oh, do we? Yeah, I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet because it it um it uh I got the alert and I was like, "Oh, I'll check it out." So, um Ross Vivian oh. reached out to us. "Hey guys, Australian podcaster here. Big fan of both Bruinview and Span the Void." Hmm. Hmm. R- really? Yeah. Like, huh. I kind of like that. Must, okay. Must not have uh uh, well, you know, it says big, big fan of Span the Void. Comes out of the woodwork after uh, both Matt and I appear on the show recently. Okay. <laughs> I see what's what going on. <laughs> I see the common thread here. Yeah. I see the common hmm. thread. Okay. Neat. Um, so he says for podcast apps for Android, can't go past Podcast Addict. Uh, great search facilities or RSS feeds work easily. Um, I think this was back when we were talking about how unhappy yeah. we are about the new iOS one. Um, and he says, brew-wise, if you can, don't know how easy it is to get Australian craft beers in the U.S., get your hands on anything from Prancing Pony. Their Indian Red Ale won the Supreme Champion Prize at the 2016 International Beer Challenge. It's uh, 7.9 ABV, 60 IBUs. It says, keep up the great work. Always fun to listen to. So thank you, Ross. We appreciate it. Very good, Mr. Ross. Yes. 
Awesome. So yeah, we love hearing from you guys. Um, keep the uh, keep the wheels turning at the old uh, at the old uh, sauce lounge sweatshop. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Alrighty. Well. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. Have fun. I enjoyed it. I love I love doing the top fives. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's always fun, but the top fives, I don't know. I just I like making lists. So well, it's but it's a, it's a way to go back and like relive those those yes. moments in the movies and like the s- stuff you might forget. And it's fun doing research on it too because like 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 uh, Mr. Blonde is like this little part of like for me it was like just like yeah he's like truly evil yeah that's the guy and like loved it Mm -hmm. uh it's just fun to revisit those characters get back into that uh mindset yeah um uh but yeah love movies yeah have a great (laughs) and to that i say great scott joe egan and jerry rafferty were a duo known as steelers wheel when they recorded this dylan-esque pop bubblegum favorite from april of 1974 that reached up to number five as k billy super sounds of the 70s continues Yeah.